0: Hello there, and welcome back to the Film Score Podcast. I hope you didn't miss me too much. I know that I missed my last scheduled release date. I had a, a very big interview lined up that unfortunately fell through, and ended up just uh, taking a little time off. It was very nice, but I am back, and my guest today is experimental composer Lucrezia Dalt, and she's actually really made her film and TV scoring debuts just in the last couple months, composing for the horror feature film on Shudder, The Seed, as well as the brand new horror comedy show, The Baby, which is on... HBO in the U.S. and Sky in the U.K. And they're both really, really cool, exciting, experimental scores. Doing all sorts of strange things with voices and synths and tape loops, as well as some more familiar traditional instruments. All it took was for me to hear the first single from, The Seed, to convince me I wanted to do this interview. So I highly recommend checking out both scores. And actually, the score for The Baby just released on May 27th, so two days ago. So we dive into both of those scores, particularly The Baby, as well as talking a bit about her background and going on an initial tangent about our thoughts on the film and film music landscapes and industries. Now, as usual, you can find more information about Lucrezia on her social media or her website and you can listen to both scores on any digital platforms. I think there are physical versions coming out or available for order right now. Now, As I've mentioned a few times, I am winding down for the season. might have one or two more interviews coming out, but the end is very soon. Of course, after a few months break, I'll be back. Before then, however, sit back and... I hope you enjoy. Well, thank you so much for joining me. How have you been?
1: I'm doing great. Yeah, resting now a tiny bit after a lot of work uh, with the baby. I finished working like a couple of weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah. The last details for the last episode, yeah.
0: It sounds like it's been very busy for you because the baby, the show just come out and the, yeah. the score releases on... Friday, and I think it's the 27th, and then obviously The Seed just came out maybe two months ago. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Although the movie came out, I mean, the movie was supposed to be airing last October and we were supposed to release then, but then it got pushed to this year because of COVID and all this stuff. So that work was already done last year. It was finished around, I can't remember, March or something like that.
0: And yeah, but I thought the timing was interesting, where you know you really hadn't had music coming out for feature films or for TV, and then basically in a very short period you have yeah. two projects come out all at once. Everything, yeah, and not only <laughs> yeah. that.
1: Like I'm announcing my own album, my solo album, like next month. So everything oh, wow. was kind of like we were not expecting that to happen in this in this way, but yeah, it's how it is. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. But obviously, you'd had a a music career that spanned for quite a while before that. And I know I actually stumbled across an article you had in uh, The Vital Factory from like 2018 where you talked about 10 unconventional film scores.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, I remember that one.
0: Normally when I see those articles, it hits like the same handful of scores. And I read through that and I was like... Oh, no, these are some, like, really deep cuts that I've, like, never even heard of.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah, I mean, it's my favorite format, art format, really, so um, I think I probably watch more movies and listen to music, probably, <laughs> even though I do music. It's, like, this is my my real, like, enjoyment, even though now it's, like, I'm kind of corrupting myself a little bit from that enjoyment, just because I started to work on it, and now everything shifted in this way in which I'm overanalyzing stuff, uh, which I didn't do before. But nevertheless, it's something that I really, really enjoy, and I love watching movies. It's like <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I I want to dive into that, but yeah, can you tell me a little more about? feeling like you've had it corrupted for you? Is, is that really moving from the listener and the enjoyer into the person making it and kind of giving you a different mindset and perspective?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a little bit less severe than going to a concert because this is like almost real, um, you know, like punishment or something (laughs) it's like for me it's really unless it's something really really out of my usual practice like I go to I don't know a percussionist or something like that then otherwise I'm just over analyzing everything from the lights to the sound to everything so I guess it applies a little bit in the same direction, although I only have these two experiences making this TV show and and the film, but I guess it's already enough to start to hear these voices about, oh, what would the, I don't know, the producer would say about these, or was this, you know, like something that the composer wanted this way, or was it from a note from an executive <laughs> or something like that? Like I start to like think about how these processes happen you know because I already live and went through that whereas before that I could have more of a romantic idea mm. about scoring that it would be more like communication between director and musician and it would be like very fluid and then you know and then it's a it's a little bit it's a live a little bit different in how it works, especially, I suppose, nowadays, or at least the experiences that I had, that is more like real collaboration between many people to try to shape a piece. Yeah,
0: yeah and that's definitely one thing that I've noticed as I've started to dive more into it and talk with composers as well, is I think a lot of people have a romanticized idea of the singular composer who does everything they're working with, the director, and it, it's kind of like a, a beautiful process. Yeah. And then you learn more. And it's, it's, there's just so much more going on. Yeah. But in having this kind of change mindset of having to overanalyze everything that you, that you watch and hear now, from the film perspective at least, are there any things that stand out to you or any trends that you notice?
1: Trends? I mean, in general, I would say like super, super in general, because I and this is maybe the reason I tend to like more like cinema from the 70s or 80s or 90s, just because the music sometimes is not overemphasizing certain mm-hmm. feelings, you know, it's not like carrying you throughout emotionality in this very kind of obvious way and I would say like contemporary cinema fails a little bit on that I don't know exactly what happened how it became like that you know like how are we taking the audience like so like in a plate or something like that I guess that would be the most general thing that I noticed in mm. no I mean there are many things obviously now that I start sure. to think is like the use of late motifs as well Like I could notice in older movies, you would hear those over and over, like repetition, like a theme is kind of transformed in many ways. And that would be like the way the the whole score is built, which is something that I really love and that I try to encourage, or at least in the couple of works that I've done, is something that I wanted to approach as well. And I guess uh, it's like... How much you remember when you leave the theater. It's like sometimes in contemporary cinema, it's like you know there was music, but you kind of don't have anything super clear in your head. It's kind of like, and I don't know why it's such a loss for me because I feel the music is there to give a person extra personality, extra character to a movie and when you're able to remember something you know like I think I speak about in this list about Knife in the Water of Roman Polanski and it's exactly that it's like when you have finished that movie or hearing this melody that kind of carries the water with you and that is such a beautiful feeling that I would love people to have when they watch something that I do and then of course it's a that is the wish and then you have to have a creative conversation and in any case you have to serve the vision of the director and the creators. So sometimes that plan could be, you know, shifted to another direction, which is fine. But yeah, that would be like my my way of trying to push the way I work if I can in the future as much as I can. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I I do remember you mentioning that about Christoph Komeda's score where like yeah. I think you said you know, whatever you see, like a yacht or something, that the music automatically starts mm-hmm. playing in your yeah, head, and it's exactly. it is yeah. like such an amazing connection. I, I think yes. a lot of people. For me, I remember certain times when I was younger, in particular, where I'd I'd listen to an album a lot at a particular age or while I was doing something, and then right. every time I see that something or I listen to the album, like those two things are immediately connected. Yeah, exactly. That's definitely true, where, because there are fewer of those themes or those leitmotifs, sometimes you miss that that connection. I think on the flip side, I am glad that, at least in not quite in mainstream films, but in more indie films, I guess, you're at least more likely to hear some things that are going to be more experimental or pushing the boundaries, and that maybe it won't stick with you, necessarily, but it's still something that, while you're watching, you go oh, wow, this is something that I haven't really heard before.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that was something like I was watching uh, recently that TV show Severance and Mm. I was actually also like really impressed by that, like the way that the composer explores that theme over and over and over and over in so many ways and possibilities. It's so wonderful and it's like, yeah, I like this, you know, like you will never forget then that basic no, 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 no. Basic melody <laughs> when you when you finish the show, and I think it's so effective.
0: And so I haven't seen all of the baby, and and actually I I started watching it without realizing that you had done the music for it. I think I, oh, okay. I watched the first episode, and I was like, oh, some of the <laughs> like, some of the music in here is like really surprising and odd and I like I wonder who did it and I made the connection afterwards
1: okay okay
0: so I don't know to what extent you were able to do it but having something that's that's episodic and longer form do you think that gave more of an opportunity to fully develop some of those themes and, and just a broader palette
1: yeah totally I think a lot of special things happened in the baby the first thing was that the creators already when I knew about the possibility of working uh, for the baby, the premise was that they wanted to explore vocals, weird voices, mm-hmm. unconventional ways with the voice. And at that time, I was doing a a research about it, and I was really kind of obsessed about it. Anyway, and I thought, like, damn, I you know, like, I really wish I can get this job because I think I I have a lot to offer in that aesthetic choice that they're looking for. So there was that and there was also like a lot of space for for different moods to explore. It's like at the beginning with Taj, it's like a lot of kind of coolness about showing her character and stuff like that. And then how those things transform and then the theme that goes with the baby and all that stuff. So it was like... Yeah and definitely this one laid motif that I wanted to expand and that I think I could present in as many ways as I could throughout the show and transforming in different shapes and forms which is this clarinet line that appears in the very first episode when the woman is falling to the to the mm. cliff so it was a I don't even know how to say it because the time when I think about the amount of time that we worked on this project is I started working in October and I finished a couple of weeks ago. The amount of music that I made and the amount of work that I invested in, it's like it's insane. You know, it's <laughs> so crazy. But then, of course, it's like when you watch it's 30 minutes episodes and everything is so compacted, you know, it's so strange, you know, to think that you were invested in in this project for so long, and it becomes this very, very c- capsule with these concrete ideas that are are part of super, super bigger explorations, of course. And yeah.
0: And you, you'd mentioned that as you were trying to get into the project, you were already doing some research in, to the use of voice. And I know one of the things that's one of the quotes that's been floating around about this score is is the quote weird voices. Yeah. But it's also something that you've done on previous solo records as well, like No Era Solida yes. has a lot of yes. voice work too. Mm-hmm. What is it about the voice and the way you could use it and manipulate it and just present it in different ways that like you find appealing?
1: I mean, like I said, for this one, it was more like the creators really wanted to explore that. They wanted to have throat singing, for example. They offered that and I, I had to go find a throat singer to incorporate in the project, for example, because they were really obsessed about this sound for example and so because of that i started to think like how could i myself with processes uh, for voice or electronic or with modulus and stuff like that could also treat my voice as if i was a throat singer, even though i cannot do kind of (laughs) properly do that i had um, a recording from cynthia I hope I'm saying her last name right and um, she's Canadian she she was just casually passing by Berlin and we made a recording with her and it's so wild and intense what she can do with a voice it was very inspiring and very you know it's a, it's a it's her technique and she can only specifically do that mm. and then to see that and to see how can you somehow bring it to your own territory. Well, I thought it was like, I already had a little bit of a, of an exploration that I started with uh, Nuera Solida and that I could definitely be super useful for this project. So that was like, yeah, this is totally, totally my territory. And I feel <laughs> so comfortable working here, you know.
0: Well, yeah. And it's, it, I don't know, it's, it's so cool to listen to that. That is one thing that I really enjoy about music for film and TV is that, it can draw in such diverse wide ranging elements, yeah, right. The music that I normally listen to like I, I listen to a lot of metal and extreme music as well, yeah. and a lot of those tropes are often very set in stone, so yes. you'll you'll hear different instrumental experimentations, but not necessarily vocal ones. It's so like yeah. listening to The Baby or some of Gazelle Twins' like solo work or her work in film music. Yeah, It's like, wow, this is stuff that I've never imagined and it's just so wild to listen to. It's like so exciting.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's
0: great. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. totally really really yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. And it definitely adds... Uh, it's odd because it, it adds an intensity and it has something that's very familiar because it's obviously the the human voice, something that almost all of us hear every day. but yeah, totally. it's like it's turned into something that is otherworldly and I guess fitting with the show, like demonic and supernatural as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was also about, yeah, I don't know how, like using these techniques of glossolalia and stuff like that. It's like, it's a little bit like what a baby does as well. Mm-hmm. Like when they're and in their early stages of developing a voice, it's like... It's just that we continue to language. So I guess I can see the connection there, you know, from their creative approach as to exploring the voice as a malleable form instead of like forming words. So for example, all almost all the lyrics in the baby of the things that I sing are totally wordless. It's just like I'm just allowing myself to say whatever, as if it was a baby kind of. (laughs) So yeah, I thought it was also a kind of liberating way of working this way. That I'm still of course following melody and doing stuff like that, but I'm not giving so many rules to my own voice.
0: Well, it's interesting because again, that kind of fits into what you were doing before. Because I know that No right. also lead up, totally yes, you had that same concept. Yeah. Obviously, it's in one sense kind of coincidental and fortuitous that like you have that connection. But yes, how much were you able to build off of what you did on that album and use it to inform and influence what you did on the baby?
1: I think only conceptually, to be honest, because... Oh, no, maybe... No, I lie. Like, there was a piece in episode 7 or 8 that in the temp they used one piece from Nora Solida and I used the same effect, you know, mm. to create something new. But that was perhaps the only thing that I feel was straightforward coming from that world. I would say it was more... This idea that I was talking about of isolating the vocals and kind of letting them be super free—that I already tried to explore, or at least was the you know initiative to make that album uh, and to bring it here. But also, I don't know, do processings types of processings that I haven't done. You know, like the rhythmical processing that I use in the in the single that we just released is something that I haven't specifically done this way and I've, I was really happy with the result as well especially thinking about like a kind of fake throat singing that I could do or something like that.
0: Interesting. And building off of that I mean what are some of the other instruments that you use in the palette for the baby and how did how did those come about?
1: There is a clarinet which carries the main melody I'm not even sure how that happened. That was part of the first test that I did for them, actually. And I guess my my way of thinking was like, there's something kind of ancient here, something that comes from beyond. And I wanted to make a, like a super, super simple melody from something that could be timeless somehow, but that also feels old. So that's the melody of the clarinet that I recorded in many ways and that I... Mostly reworked through tape manipulation, and then we had um, percussion. Of course, that was one of the main instruments. Let's say, and I mean, main as well as vocals. And for vocals, I use my I used my own voice. I used uh, the vocalist. Uh, I used that sounds terrible, but I worked with <laughs> <laughs> I worked with Audrey Chen, which is a vocalist that is based in Berlin that does this circular breathing through vocals and it's really, really wild to see. So I basically with her, I did a couple of hours recording of her improvising, but me giving her cues about certain things and she would go and improvise and I would take that as material to work. And then I did the same with the throat singer. I would give her cues and she would improvise or I would give her rhythmical patterns that she would sing on top of For episode five, which I think it aired aired yesterday, I don't know if you've watched it, but that was like going to a a territory that that was a tiny bit more classic, I would say. So I wanted to use violins and yeah, mainly violins. So I recorded violin from my friend Gibrana and upright bass in a couple of pieces. And then the rest is... Synthesizers, synthesizer modulations with the voice, vocoders, a lot of processing. And yeah, that's about it.
0: <laughs> very interesting. I mean yeah. a lot of stuff thrown in. But you know, yeah. I guess it makes sense having a very diverse palette across something yes. that's that's much longer form, obviously.
1: Right. Yeah. Although in the end it's like I don't know it's like it became really minimal I would Mm -hmm. say like there's a lot of pieces that are only built on a percussion loop or a very basic drumming groove and then voices on top that would be a lot of the formula for many of the pieces and then others got more complex a lot of clarinet circular breathing as well and um, the clarinetist does a lot of extended technique and we recorded a lot of textures as well that I also manipulated. Yeah, and those were more like the... for the scary beats, I would say. <laughs> well,
0: and there are also definitely moments too where the music comes in very briefly. It's obviously not something... Yeah. And it's it's similar in the seed too, where this is not like wall-to-wall music right. underscoring everything. It's It's very distinct and thoughtfully placed.
1: Yes yeah I would say so yeah.
0: Yeah and I guess with, with some of the approach though are you was there ever a concern that and, and you had mentioned how some more mainstream film and film music is emphasizing things too much but mm-hmm. here sometimes it's in the seat as well where sometimes you're working against picture or using music that's more experimental or that a viewer is going to be less likely to have heard? Was it a worry or did it ever come up during the process of, oh, maybe this is too much, maybe I'm going too far?
1: (laughs) No. Well, I would say, hmm, for The Seed, I'm not sure. I think, yeah. I mean, it felt just right. Also, you know, like in The Seed, the There was a temp, like a very, very precise temp. Mm. So it was like a lot of that. It was trying to follow the emotionality of that temp and me trying to to have this really wide, you know, register of trying to cover so many genres, keeping the style. You know, that was a big challenge, I would say. But for the baby, I I lost your question, actually. (laughs) 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 Sorry.
0: So... One aspect of what I was asking was, I think especially in the baby, whether there was ever a concern that the experimentation was going too far.
1: Oh, yeah. That's funny because when I did the first uh, test, I asked myself that question and I tried to be softer. You know, I did something experimental and then I was like, oh, no, maybe I should send something a little bit lighter because it's TV and it's commercial TV, whatnot. And then they came back to me saying, "No, you need to go further. Don't be afraid," you know. And then I did the second test, and it was like, yeah. And I was, "Damn, this is this is the best thing ever <laughs> because I can't, I really can't believe when I finished that piece. I was like, if this makes it to TV, I'm going to be the happiest person ever because it really was like I, I couldn't really believe that I was making this music, in shaping it this way, doing what I love, and doing it for these circumstances with the brilliant, fantastic team. It, it felt just too much, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like uh, so, yeah. It was, it was. I don't know. So then, from the onset, I really. Understood that I really, that the show is about that, is about being extreme and is being fearless in this way of embracing the weird. And I think the show's that, and the show does that really well in all possible ways. So, yeah, it felt perfect.
0: <laughs> is it is it kind of exciting as well where typically music that's a bit more out there, more extreme, more experimental? Draws in an audience that's very much on the periphery, but yeah. here, like you mentioned, the show I think in the UK is on Sky and in the US it's on HBO Max. So, like right. like you said, it has a wide audience. Is it yeah? Is it exciting to be able to put that type of music in front of people who would almost certainly not listen to it yes. otherwise?
1: it is absolutely exciting, and I'm like you know a little bit like a kid reading all the you know everything <laughs> that I can get through the hashtags and everything because. It's such a pleasure, you know, and it's such an honor and it's everything combined. I still remember the first moment that I was like, you know, this thing that you hear the Dum! of HBO in my first test and I was like, Is this real? Is this <laughs> happening to me? I don't get it. You know. It's 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 I don't know. It's um it's of course such a difficult I don't know how to say it. It's like it's not easy to get in this business and it's not easy to get in this business as an experimental musician and what I do. I already know that what I do is so niche and so specific that I'm not expecting, you know, big audiences or anything like that. So, yeah, this is the biggest I can <laughs> I can think about my music <laughs> being heard in, in a sort of bizarre way as well, because it's a passive listening you know i don't know how many people are aware of what the music is trying to do i received some comments and they all seem to come from people who are working in the music business or stuff like that but i do wonder just a you know normal person that just wants to watch the show how how the music is doing it for them that would be amazing to know
0: <laughs> i would guess in that regard do you have a worry of people having a negative reaction to the music? Or is it almost that the fact that it can elicit a visceral reaction, whether good or bad, is almost a plus?
1: Yeah, I would say yeah, the second option, I don't necessarily because I'm already covered, you know, like by the creators were the ones who wanted to make the show this way anyway. So I'm yeah. kind of like going with them, you know. This is the way that that we are very happy and proud about the show. So it's like I mean, it's a creepy show as well. It's supposed to generate all these reactions. And that already starts, you know, from the first vocal that we use in the first scene. It's like that really deep throat singing is already, you know, what the hell is going on? <laughs> what the hell is happening here? And where is these people taking us? So, yeah, I'm not particularly worried. Quite the opposite. And that's the pleasure as well of doing horror like the creepiest and the weirdest that you can do, I guess, the better, I would say. (laughs) Mm. So, yeah, it's a a beautiful format to work with experimental sound.
0: Yeah, well, and and I think partially because of that, I'm sure, it seems to be the format, whether in TV or in film, that allows for the most experimental music coming in. Like, I, I saw yeah. the horror film X maybe a month or a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And it's Tyler Bates and, and Chelsea Wolfe. And right? I think that was her oh, first okay. film score that she'd worked on. Okay, and, I haven't like, it. it's really bizarre. Like, especially in the album release. Like, it's a it's a film that takes place in the 70s and they're shooting, like, a low-budget porn flick. And okay. you'll hear, like, that stereotypical funky bass line playing. And then her screaming over top of it.
1: Oh wow, sounds great.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. it's not not for everybody but like I love it. <laughs> those don't come up in other genres.
1: Right. yeah, you're right about that. And yeah, it's a pleasure and I wish I don't know. maybe you know I'm I do agree with you that I feel that maybe there is a little bit of a shift. Of interest, And I see more and more, you know, like colleagues around that are being asked to do score work. And that's a fantastic thing because that's maybe the way we can shake a little bit. <laughs> yeah. To certain, I don't know what it is, patterns or something like that.
0: I think that's how changes have to be made. You're not going to hear a Marvel film or Mission Impossible and Top Gun like they have new ones coming out. You're not going to hear those movies taking big risks and doing big sonic changes. Right. It's going to be the the smaller grassroots films that have to push right. that.
1: Yeah, exactly, which is fantastic. It's totally... That's the cinema that I always loved in any case. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm happy to be part of that. I always dreamed about scoring, of course, and I always saw, like, images, and I always thought of making, you know, alternative... Scoring experience for images. I mean, 10 years ago, that was like my way of thinking. And now being on it, it's like, it's great. Yes, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you mentioned that was something that you'd always wanted to do. And I think you've done things that are in the same sphere before, whether it being a collaboration with visual artists or even doing a, a musical collaboration with poets, for instance. I mean, that's that's what film and film music is like. You're collaborating with... artists in in this particular media yeah what was it about besides your love of film of course like what was it about film music that had that draw for you
1: Mm, yeah I don't know I I guess at some point I started thinking about well first of all it's like the way that a song or a piece of music could be structured in such a different way that a more classic I don't know pop whatever Piece would be structured. So I would be like more of, I would be thinking more about a journey, which is going from A to B to make a piece instead of the traditional journey. And I would say, like, that would be what a movie or a set of images would do for the song to service the song. So I started to think about those terms already. And it felt like movies were kind of doing that, like these abrupt changes that could happen sometimes. So I was trying to bring those elements to my music and see how could that shape the way I composed, basically.
0: And you'd mentioned, of course, a few minutes ago, recognizing the difficulty of getting into the industry broadly. And and obviously, it, it wasn't until the seed that you had that first opportunity come up. But yeah. how did that come up, and why did you pick that project?
1: Well, The Seed was, just came to my email. He, the director wrote directly to me because someone recommended one song of me that he was already trying on one mm. of the scenes, and he felt like it had the right combination in his word, of words of humor that felt a little bit like John Carpenter, but kind of like with weird but also humorous and... That's how we started the conversation. And I was like, this is great. I I was flattered and I was so happy to hear that. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) let's do it. It was a big challenge because when I watched the first cut, I was like, oh my God, this is a lot of emotions to explore in one go. So that was a very, very big challenge for me because it was like trying to do more like... The horror parts were easy for me, for sure. But the parts that were like persecution kind of action packed stuff I was like how can I do that without the without following the obvious that type of so yeah that was a that was a big challenge but I always get lost in your questions sorry <laughs> <laughs> no it's fine
0: but yeah exactly no I mean I I only asked how it came about so you, you yeah, yeah, yeah. You hit it entirely, but talking about having to cover a lot of things. One thing I noticed while watching it is you actually hit some some humor and like almost silliness early on in the film, which I think listening to the score on its own it didn't catch, and then watching it, oh. it's like, oh no, there's definitely an intentional humor going on in some of these earlier scenes. Was that a bit difficult as well to capture?
1: Yeah, the humorous part, no. I mean, I love humor and I love trying to do silly things with my own music as well. So I think I was really, I really jamming. I guess the most difficult parts for me were the action scenes. I would say this is where I felt like challenged, you know, <laughs> like, how can I approach these? I'm not, you know, familiar with these. I don't know how to, but I think in the end I've managed to do something in what I feel It's still my territory, but it's still trying to work that out somehow. Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting challenge because I recognize doing this type of stuff that I'm still so much an artist than a film composer. So it's like I'm really trying hard to keep a little bit of my identity with it. Somehow, And I know that it's kind of like not the best way (laughs) to score (laughs) because it's like uh, a little bit too concentrated in your own practice and it's about as well expanding. But I don't know why I feel it's right to do it this way. And I hope through different projects that could be something that I could continue doing. But I don't see myself like copying a key or trying to do, you know, like that Mm. is... That is a nightmare for me, you know. When I try to be, when I try to be someone that I'm not, you know. So, uh, yeah. Hmm.
0: That must also create a bit more of a genuineness that you're putting more of yourself and like your personhood totally. into the music.
1: Yes, yeah, I think so too. I think it's important to keep that. Yeah, it's also a signature, and you're putting your name in there, and it's a collaboration as well, and you're trying to. To follow the vision of someone else, but you're trying to bring your vision as well of how you see that, but shaped through different sounds and stuff like that.
0: I always think of Philip Glass as an artist who did quite a bit of film and documentary work. And like, it takes you about two seconds to listen to any of those scores and you go, oh yeah, that's him. So yeah. I think a lot of people talk about needing to be able to do every style in every genre. But I think there's a place for people who want to maintain their signature and their style and do the projects that will allow them to maintain it,
1: yeah exactly I mean that is a that is a beautiful luxury, and I hope I can somehow continue that, but I guess also there is something very very interesting, like for example, for episode one of the Baby the director, Nicole Cassell, and the creators, Lucy and Sean, wanted to explore something very energetic. And the examples that they were giving me is like these bangers, you know. And I'm like, (laughs) I've never done a banger in my life. You know, like I've never been in the situation that I'm I'm hoping to do a banger, you know. And I'm like, okay, uh, well, I can try. And then somehow, I don't know, with my collaborator Alex Lasseter, I was like, okay, we have a challenge, let's try it, let's try to do that. And I thought, okay, maybe something in the line of uh, merengue, which is this rhythm that is very fast, you know, with a guido, and I was like, maybe something in that line, we we follow the structure, and we keep the voices patterns, and we add synthesizers, and it somehow works. And I don't know if I satisfied the idea of a banger, but at least uh, (laughs) I felt that it was the closest I could go to one. And it felt great and liberating in a way, you know, like.
0: So is that that challenge? Is that something that you expected?
1: Yeah, definitely. No, no, no. I mean, I know that you are going to be asked unexpected things that you are there to, like I said, serve the vision of someone else and that sometimes they have ideas already formed as to how they want to explore a certain scene, what they want to do with it. And so um, I like the challenge. I mean, it's it's great. And I think it's the best uh, space to do that as well because probably I wouldn't do that type of music specifically for me because it's not directly out of my interest. But once it's done, it's like... I love this, you know, I love that I could do that and that I could, you know, work within that space and still feel like it's part of my own way of working sound and stuff. So, yeah, that felt great.
0: When I was listening to the the score for The Baby this morning and yesterday, oh, okay. I don't know if I... Thought the tracks, some of the tracks were necessarily bangers, but like I definitely have written <laughs> down a few of like the few of them by name that I was like, oh, this is a killer track. So I, <laughs> I think you. I think you succeeded.
1: Ah, uh, thank you. And have you <laughs> watched the the whole? Uh, you said you haven't watched the whole thing, right?
0: I've I haven't watched the whole thing yet. No.
1: Okay, how far in are you?
0: I've uh, only gone through the second episode, so it's it's one oh, of those wow. things okay. where you know my my wife and I have our half dozen shows that we slowly make our way through. So yeah. that's, that's okay. like in, in that nebulous queue of ours.
1: Yeah, and maybe it's better to sit down and watch the whole thing in an afternoon or something like that.
0: We will see. There's, I think on the mm-hmm. forecast, there are plenty of rainy afternoons coming up. Yeah. But Grazia, I appreciate you coming on to chat with me. Frankly, I think I could have had you on here for another half hour, hour or so, just uh, berating you with questions
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's yeah, a, of course. Yeah, it's great to chat about all these things. And yeah, thank you for your interest in this.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, and, and honestly, it was uh, all it took was me hearing the seed, and I think maybe just the single Venusian offspring where I was like, all right, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely want to learn more about this.
1: <laughs> great, fantastic.